Hit it. You look at the uh, the times where communities have had real power, real political power, uh, real control over their own destinies, and it's always where those communities are in control of production of their natural resources. To Sustainable 94, where are we, Dave? We're outside. <laughs> We're outside. We're outside in stinky London. We are on the banks of the stinky River Thames, except it's not stinky, it's nice. It's not stinky, it's beautiful. It's like out of a Hollywood film. We are staring at the Tower of London, Traitor's Gate, where people got their heads knocked off. We're staring at Tower Bridge, all lit up like a fairy cake. It is... Oh, it just makes you feel glad to be alive. It does. If it wasn't cold, I should say my cockles have been warmed. Now, what are we doing here, Ol? We are here because there has been an awards ceremony. Did we win an award? No. Other people did. Balls. <laughs> yes. There's been an award ceremony at City Hall, which is where the mayor lives, doesn't live, doesn't live. works, and lots of other people work. Um, and it's an award ceremony all about community energy. Now, if you don't know what that is... Fear not, because this podcast explains it. And we spoke to three very, very clever people who told us all about it. Would you like me to tell you who they are? Yes, please, Ol. Well, number one is Leonie Cooper, who is the Labour Party lead on the energy and environment stuff in the London Assembly. She is also chair of the Environment Committee. Ooh. Ooh, exactly. We also spoke to person number two, Emma Bridge, who is the chief executive of something called Community Energy England. And finally, we spoke to Andy Hunt, who is from a lovely, excellent, wonderful, award-winning project Ooh. called Berry Community Hydro. So, this is our interview with them where they talk about all of the community energy stuff. Just the usual disclaimer, we do work for environmental charities, but these are very much our own views and the views of anyone walking past in the background who wants to kill us. What, like that man with the lanyard? Like the man with the lanyard. Us. <laughs> uh, and the views of the people that we talk to. So any beef with anything that we say, uh, take it up with me or him or them, uh, but don't take it up with anyone for whom we work, yes? All right, let's go and do some energy c- community-wise. So, hello everybody. Thank you very much for uh, for joining us on this exciting evening where everybody has won awards and presented awards. I didn't awards. win an award. No, but you did a very nice speech and people clapped. So, oh, don't good. be a delicate snowflake. It's fine. <laughs> um, Emma, can you tell hello. us what, what, what is community energy? What, what do we mean by those two words? What does it look like? Well, community energy is essentially any sort of energy project, so renewable energy, energy efficiency that is led by the community. So it has a sense of ownership or benefit management, ongoing relationship, really. So it's people doing energy rather than energy being done to them. We've realised that actually going into energy generation is something that would be really worthwhile for the community because of the community benefit 
that could flow from this. By involving the community and helping people to feel that their voices can be heard and they can be active and involved and their participation has an effect, they don't have to feel that they have no power. That We're sounds excellent. Why, why isn't everyone doing that? Is everyone doing that? No. <laughs> Not yet. Maybe one day. Um, no. So the, there's a very strong movement. It's growing. It's grown the fastest rate, I think, over the last two years, but it's still really, really small amounts. So I think there's just over 200 organisations in England and Wales doing it. Um, but I think it's it's really trying to get that relationship back with energy. I mean, to a lot of people, energy is boring. It's not something that they want to think about. But actually, there's a growing movement now. The energy transition, energy market, everything is moving and changing. And people want that ownership. They want something back from it. They realise that you can make a certain amount of money that can be reinvested in back into the community as part of their energy activities. So uh, give us an example. What sort of thing are we thinking about? Paint us a picture. Take us on a, take us on a journey. <laughs> okay, um, so uh, I guess probably the easiest one to explain is solar. So there'll be a group of people in a local area. Um, they want to raise money for the local community. They want to do something to tackle climate change. Um, they are they're worried about fossil fuels. There can be lots of different motivations for it, but a group comes together. They want to do something around energy. They think solar, that's great. Let's get together, let's raise money, let's put some panels on our local school, our local community hall, um, social housing. Let's raise money from the community to do that. The community puts money in, they can get a small return on their money as part of that process. The panels go on that, that building for free. Um, and then all those profits then go back into community. So the building, whichever building it is, gets cheaper electricity. They get to learn about where their energy comes from. But the profits, instead of just going back into a corporate organisation, is actually reinvested back into community. So for energy efficiency or computers or whatever that community needs. Hello, computer. Just use the keyboard. The keyboard. How quaint. So, Leonie, that sounds excellent and lovely. Why aren't we doing loads and loads of it? Uh, mainly, I think, because it's actually quite hard to explain. I think Emma's doing a great job of explaining it, but actually getting people to understand what community energy might be and what it might deliver, I think, is actually a bit more difficult. Um, I think one of the things that is probably just about to change in London, we've just seen the draft environment strategy from the London Mayor, and he's talking about putting some money towards feasibility studies for community energy groups who can then go off and set out it very clearly, not just to local people who might want to put their money into something that will be a benefit to their children and their school or their sports club, um, but also in terms of the climate and other things um, so that people can actually get on with doing that. And I think, you know, if you look at the amount of money that some of the community energy projects have raised, Ham Hydro, which is actually not unfortunately going to go ahead, they did a crowdfunding exercise that raised £700,000, which is massive. Um, and I think people are really interested in investing in these projects. It's just at the moment that pe a lot of people don't know about them and they don't know what they can deliver. 
So is it a thing that only rich people do? Do you need to have some money to kind of get involved with it? Andy, tell us a bit about your experience with that one, because uh, it sounds a little bit like posh thing that posh people do to me. I think in a lot of cases, um, it's probably true. Um, you do get a lot of community energy groups who are maybe set up by retired people who are quite well off. <clears throat> Excuse me, they've got time on their hands. They're quite skilled people, maybe. Uh, they've got a bit of money to put into it. Um, but it's definitely not solely those people. Uh, just for example, um, I work uh, with uh, I work uh, with various community energy groups. One of which is Oldham Community Power. Now, Oldham is a very poor borough. I think it's the possibly the poorest of the boroughs in Greater Manchester. It's certainly one of the most deprived boroughs nationwide. And Oldham Community Power, um, they wanted to set up a solar scheme, installing solar on their schools and a community centre. And um, you know they, they wanted to raise money from the community to do this. Now. Um, they, they engaged with the council. The council was very supportive. When they actually went out to try and raise the money, and they, they had to raise hundreds of thousands of pounds in quite a short space of time. People in Oldham haven't got very much money. People in Oldham had never heard of community energy, you know, as most people haven't. Um, and um, they needed to raise hundreds of thousands. They, they raised, you know, maybe 20 or 30,000 pounds. Right. And they were they were they were really really disappointed. <clears throat> the uh, the leadership of Oldham Council said, "Well, hang on a minute. How can we make this work?" So the council decided. They said to Oldham Community Power, "Okay, well, we'll give you a loan. We'll give you a, a, a low interest loan, and you can go and install all the solar and meet your feed in tariff deadlines, and then you pay us back." And um, so the loan was made, the solar was installed, and then Oldham Community Power um, had the chance to go out to Oldhamers and say, well, you know, we were asking you to, to help us raise money to do this project, but now the project has happened. Look, you can see the solar panels, they're on the roofs of the schools, they're on the roof of the community centre, they're generating electricity, they're generating money. The only problem we've got now is that the council owns all the shares, so we want to sell the shares to you, the community. So it absolutely proves that, um, you know, it isn't just for people with lots of money, you know, and it, it isn't just for sort of, you know, retired middle class people. Or become considerably richer than you through honest hard work. You get what you pay for and you earn what you're worth. Oh, that's one of Stanley's little sayings, that is. Do you know, my Stanley probably makes more money in a year than you do in ten. What do you think of that, Big Sport? <laughs> Gosh. So it, it strikes me then that this isn't just about energy. And from what you've said and from what, in fact, what, uh, you know, for our listeners' uh, benefit, we, we're at an award ceremony tonight. There, there were people being awarded um, prizes for doing brilliant not, things. Not brilliant things on energy, not including Dave, who doesn't do brilliant things on energy, but speaks very nicely. But, uh, but somebody was saying, and it may have been you, Emma, in fact, was saying this is not just about megawatts. This is about something that was me. far more profound. Shut up, Dave. That was me. Um, <laughs> Like Emma, can you give us a flavour of how like how how does this go beyond just you know something to power the kettle? Is is it doing something more for communities? Is it bucking that trend of kind of atomization that that so much of modern life is caught up in? Um, absolutely, I think. Good, I'm glad you said yes. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Unfortunately, <laughs> 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 old question took up the entire duration. No more time. 
Uh, no, I truly believe community energy is fundamental to positive change at local level. Um, it's around energy. It's bringing together a lot of people who are quite geeky about energy, but actually it's much, much more. It's about getting people connected with their communities. It's about jobs and skills. We're, we're doing apprenticeship standards or Oldham councillors. It's so much more. And I mean, the passion in the room tonight, we've had a tough couple of years um, with the change in subsidies, change in government. I mean, to be honest, that's probably a lot of the reason why it's not much more mainstream than it probably should be. Um, but it's just it's such a great bunch of people that really, really care, care about energy and care about the people in the communities that they live and work in. So I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to I was going to ask uh, you, Lainey, but also Emma as well, I guess. Uh, the government doesn't like community energy very much. This is what I have taken from it. I think they're all very happy, yes, for people to do it, but they're not going to blink in well help. Is that true? And if it's true, why are they done that then? Sounds good to me. Why don't the government agree? I think the way that the government, the current government has sort of frankly trashed the feed-in tariff and uh, I don't think they have supported the community energy projects and developing the community energy sector and I think that is a problem. Um, but at the same time, if you look at the figures that have started to come out and um, the amount of money that the government is talking about throwing at things like fracking um, or, you know, Hinkley and the, and, the, and the amount of money that they're prepared to pay for nuclear. Actually, if they were prepared to support community energy to the same degree that they will support nuclear power or, you know, fracking, then, wow, where would we be now with community energy? So uh, I think it's a really disappointing thing that the government... Um, it is not supporting community energy. But despite that, I think there's an awful lot of councils across the country. We just talked about Oldham, but we can mention a whole bunch of other councils as well. And we've now got the Metro mayors who've actually just been meeting this week. Um, and clearly uh, Sadiq in London is starting to come forward and say, actually, I want to have a community energy fund and I want to spend £400,000 on getting projects up and running um i think there's a there's a lot there and i think it does make a difference i mean i sit here as a labor and cooperative uh, assembly member and it's noticeable that the um co-op co bank has been really supportive of uh, community energy and i think getting people involved in projects in their local area so that you don't have that big city thing of who knows the name of their neighbor um, who knows the name of their neighbourhood, everybody just being too frantic to actually step back, spend time with their kids, go to the park and have a different kind of life. And I see community energy as being part of that whole change. Nobody puts baby in a corner. Do you, do you think, though, there's a limit to how many people might ever kind of get involved in this stuff. And I ask that because it sounds hard. It sounds like you've got to spend time that isn't time when you're doing a job uh, and isn't time when you're you know, engaging with your family. And you've, you've got to be understanding how this stuff works. You've got to be going and putting share offers out to people. You've got to be understanding where on earth you're going to put the solar panels on, on the, on the, on the uh, church hall roof or whatever. You've got to meet your neighbours. You've got to meet your neighbours. Sounds who, awful if you're Who might disagree with you. And, and like, 
doesn't that mean that it's always going to be a bit niche or, or is that No, I think that's completely pessimistic. I think that's completely wrong. I think that you know, we all spend a lot of time doing certain things um and it would be very easy just to flip over into spending a small amount of that time doing something that gives back a bit to your neighborhood and your community. And once you make it easy for people to do that, they do become much more involved. If you, you, you know, we just we just ran an inquiry into parks and open spaces through the Environment Committee in London. And over 3,000 people took the trouble to write back to us and tell us what they thought of their local park wow. and, and open space, which is just an amazing number of people. It's the largest response that we've ever had. And that tells you two things. One, that people have got the time to comment on, on you know, what what's going on in London. Um, but it also is telling you that people really value having parks and open space. And I think once you... Um, I actually think we probably need, as a community energy practitioners if i can use that expression you know i think if you make it easy for people to know that you know there's a there's a share offer coming up if they want to put a fiver in you know into a hydro project into a solar project a lot of people are going to say oh okay yeah i'd like to put a fiver into that if that's going to help my kids school or even my neighbor's kids school uh, and i think making it easier for people to get involved is going to be the future and i think you know community energy is on the up um, it's gone through some hard times um, and I think it's just going to continue to grow. It's much more than generation of money, though, as well. There's also the fuel poverty side. So um, I'm very terrible with stats, but there's a lot of people out there in fuel poverty. The off-gem so state market. But just to explain, what, what do you mean by fuel poverty? What does that, what's that really mean? So government definition is spending more than 10% of your income on fuel, but there are lots of other ways of doing it. It's basically most people, if you're in severe fuel poverty, you're choosing whether to heat your home or actually eat. It can be that dire. And then there's lots of other people that seem to have fairly decent jobs but because of their home not being well insulated or solid walls that sort of thing it's just really expensive to keep their homes to a certain level and it's not just about being cold it affects concentration it can affect um, your health uh, it can mean that if you come out of hospital too soon you go back into hospital because of the cold damp home loads and loads of issues so community energy is also about tackling that side of things as well. So it's um, giving people advice, it's going to homes, it's being that trusted intermediary. Those people in those poor, vulnerable areas know the people in the community energy groups in a lot of cases. So they're going in and they're talking to them. And there's evidence out there that actually where community energy groups are operating, giving that advice, there's four to five times the take up on home insulation, home wow. energy advice. Community energy groups are even giving finding money for to replace white goods, to look at people's bills. Are they in debt? Is there a way we can wipe out that debt? So it's a whole host of things. It's not just about sticking panels on a community group and raising money. So, Andy, what one thing do you think, or it can be two things if you like, but but one thing, because, uh, you know, we're flipping and we're a podcast and that sort of thing, what one thing would help uh, make this easier for people? You've been involved in projects. Um, what What's what's the thing that you need to unlock and, and who needs to unlock it? Well... <laughs> one one thing andy that's quite a question <laughs> it's going to be revolution isn't it it's always revolution no beer 
I think it's been beer. No, it's actually, be beer. it was you. You were right first time. Actually, <laughs> um, I mean, the, of course, you know, the, there are. Say, I could say the feeding tariff, because um, that's what everybody says. That's the one thing that should change. But so you, actually, you mean it should, the subsidy should be higher? The sub, sub, subsidy should be higher. That's yeah. that's the common thing that that everybody says. Um, what I'm gonna say though is, uh, well, it, 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 revolution, but I'm not gonna quite put it in those terms. I think. Uh, the one thing would be um, a common understanding amongst the general public at heart of what community energy is and the benefits of community energy. And it's actually quite simple. When you look back in history um, in this country, you look at the, uh, the times where communities have had real power, real political power, uh, real control over their own destinies. And it's always where those communities are in control of production of their natural resources. You know, look at the coal miners, you know, look at the steel workers. Um, those kind of industries, you know, they had immense political power. They had immense respect. Um, when you produce the, 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 the means of uh, controlling your own life, you produce your own energy, for example, that puts you in the driving seat. And actually, I think community energy is about, you know, we, we hear this phrase a lot at the moment, but taking the power back, taking back control. It's about communities taking back control of the, the means of production of their own raw materials, insulating their homes. Um, you know, they've, they've got they're producing a resource that they can sell. They're not dependent on anybody else. They're not dependent on handouts. Um, they're in control of their own destiny. It's, you know... Community energy is part of a much wider sustainability uh, scene, as you will know. Um, people grow in their own food, you know, the transition town network, incredible edible. It's actually all about the same thing. And it's all about people taking back control of their resources. And I think if people understood that about community energy, it would make things a whole lot simpler. I can think of six companies that wouldn't like very much the idea of people taking back control of their energy. Are they big six big, companies? Big six energy mm. companies. Big, the companies, big, 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 big companies. The companies like, shan't name any names, but you know the ones that you pay your electricity bill no. to. No. Mostly. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't think they'd like this very much. So wh what do you do about that? Because I imagine they don't take this sort of thing lying down. Do they hate community energy? Um, actually, no. So <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Probably some of them, actually, very much so. Um, little voodoo dolls in their bedroom at night. But um, I think no. I think it. I think really, it's... That, that explains a lot. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I've been wondering about those back pains. <laughs> I think it's more. Um, I think the more concern just general disruption. So it's not just community. It's all the new entrants. It's all the new smaller suppliers. It's the people who just weren't clean. <laughs> It's the having to recognise social impact as part of what they do. Um, I mean, the big six have their own social impact funds. They have their own community energy funds. And I think rather than potentially, as much as I'd like to, rather than demonising them, it's about encouraging them to get involved in that. So they actually do fund some community energy groups to do very, very good work. It, we need to convince them that it's more than just that, though. It's more than just giving a little bit of money to do stuff. Um, I think we give too much power to very vocal minorities. 
So I don't think most people realise that they're in the majority that they support renewable energy. That you know they are they they like wind turbines, particularly if there is a community benefit. That support goes even higher. We need to do more about communicating that. Um, community energy is a perfect way to. If you're feeling a bit hopeless and a bit depressed about climate change, which you can do quite easily, we've talked about that a lot on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's scary. Yeah, it is. It is. It's very scary. Um, but yes. You, you want to do something practical and actually take action community energy is a really really good way of doing that so i think as a country we need to take ownership more of our own actions we need to get off our bums and do something about it and get involved and if we're not happy with something say something say it say that you're not happy and that you want the government to do more around this and then it might actually happen that's why we don't have more of it because we're british and we don't complain about things (laughs) that's what happens we need to be more complaining no no everything's fine uh it's all yeah it's all fine no but that's true because otherwise you're going to end up with loads of fracking and loads of nuclear power stations and if you want something locally that's much more you know light in terms of the environment hydro solar wind wave you know none of these things have any kind of impact long term on the earth which no one can say about fracking or extraction of coal or nuclear you know then get involved in something locally um you know get out there do something and don't let it be done to you so here's the thing i've I've been wondering um i i get how a community can put up solar panels on a community building or a school or whatever and i get how the community can put up a, a single wind turbine or a couple of turbines on on land where you know or on the farm or whatever can a community put up these ginormous like mind-bendingly big offshore wind turbines that are a couple of miles off the coast that require extraordinary engineering kind of feats is is that possible or is that going to have to be left to the big companies backed by venture capitalism and all the rest of it like can we can we do that as well Absolutely, yeah. Yes, I mean, great. <laughs> this is going so well. Think about all of our friends in Europe. So Denmark, Middlegrunden, a huge wind farm out there, community owned. Um, I've been out there, and I was stood on the seafront looking at them. And then there were two, just happened to be English kids, nothing to do with me, stood next to, and they're saying, "Oh, look, Mum, look, aren't they great?" And they've put out there like an actual, they're like art. People out there are really proud of them. They look at them. They feel like they belong. It belongs to them. And we just need to get that sense of belonging, that ownership in the UK for us to do it again. I was speaking in Grimsby recently with Dong and various others. And offshore wind, it's really exciting space to be in. But yeah, we haven't quite got that understanding yet in the UK. So we've got a lot of people listening to this podcast who I'd imagine would be mad keen to get involved in some community energy. How can how can people do that? What's the first steps that they can take? Um, Emma, what would you suggest? Um, there is a website called the Community Energy Hub. So if you put that into whichever internet server you use, um, that will come up with a map of where if there are any community energy groups near you and a lot of resources for getting involved. Um, community energy is spread all over the UK. So there is a likelihood there'll be someone fairly near you. Um, and just go along. They have lots of things. Manchester have green drinks, various across the country. So it's a social thing as well. So you can put as much or as little time in as you want. But yeah, Community Energy Hub, go and have a look. 
Leonie, what about in London? The specific things that, that people can do or maybe getting in touch with, with the mayor or with, with the assembly? Like, are there, are there things that people should be saying to make more stuff happen? So at the moment, I would say if you want to make really good things happen, respond to the mayor's um, draft environment strategy, which can be found on the london.gov.uk website that's really easy to find you don't have to answer the whole strategy which is enormous it's actually divided up into sections so if your interest is particularly around energy just go for that section and look in there and see what is proposed at the moment the the closing date for consultation is the 17th of november so you've still got a bit of time to reply to that um you can also look on the website and see the london community energy fund if you're already involved in a group um and you're thinking about maybe putting panels on a, a roof somewhere um but uh, yeah i agree with emma you know do do a, an internet search and just type in community energy england or community energy hub community energy wales and you will get to see that there is a massive range of projects out there across the country um, and think about getting involved or just think about um, checking them out when they're doing one of their share offers because even if the uh, mpc the monetary policy committee decides to put up interest rates um, which they might do tomorrow i guess um you will still probably get a better return on your investment if you put your money into a community energy project um, and you will also get to be involved in something really worthwhile as well and i think just have the confidence to try and don't be too afraid of getting it wrong Andy, Leone, Emma, thank you so, so much for um, giving up your time to talk to us about community energy, explain to people what it is and why it is so brilliant. It sounds unbelievably brilliant and I'm sure that you will have inspired lots of people to get involved in it. And I was really struck by how positive everybody was in the awards ceremony this evening. It does seem to me that it is a practical thing that people can do that feels like you're making a great difference. So all power as your elbows and, and please carry on. Thank Well, jolly good that was. Jolly good. Who are you, Yoda? Yes. Ah, yes. Uh, yes, that was good, wasn't it? Oh, what did you think about all that then? I thought that was brilliant. And I... I particularly thought that was brilliant because listeners to this podcast will have noticed that the last few episodes have been a bit gloomy because things are not going well. But that was a real, real example of a thing that you can do, a thing that is positive, that means you're making a contribution and and is potentially going to save the planet. Like, I, I loved it. That was, that was brill. I'm really pleased we've managed to pecker your Philip up or whatever it is that you say about that kind of thing. Oh, an alarm's going off. Yeah. Uh, oh well. Have you, have you broken into Tower Bridge? Because that's, that's what it sounds. Oh, it's going up. It's going to go up. The bridge. It's going it's up. The bridge going up. This is going to happen, right? Stay with us for the next twenty minutes <laughs> while we live cast a bridge going up slowly. <laughs> <laughs> it's that big steam thing that's going to go through it. Uh, you can get in touch with us. You can tell us what you thought of the show. Uh, you can email us at hello at sustainababble.fish. You can find us on Twitter, just, just sustainababble. Or you can no, find us... No, the Twitter handle is at the babble wagon. Stop getting that the babble wagon. Or you can... 
find us on Facebook, just search Sustainable. And thank you, as always, to the legendary Dickie Moore for the music that starts and ends and intertwinkles this podcast. And thank you so much to Leone, to Emma and to Andy for giving up their time to speak to us, most importantly because everybody else at the award ceremony has gone to the pub and they sat in a room with us and talked to our little podcast. So we really appreciate it. Thank you also very, very much to the wonderful John who set up that interview and uh, and I know listens to his podcast, as does a number of other people we met tonight, including Charlotte and some other people whose names I've forgotten. But thank you. Very good. Uh, so we will be back next week. Until then, look after yourselves, listener. Go out and talk to your neighbours. You might be surprised what you can learn. The bridge look, is going, going up. up! The bridge is going up! Right, I'm off to swim from here to Tower Bridge. I bet I can do it before it goes all the way up. All right, good luck. Bye!